0: All right, welcome back to Getting Real with Jason Lopez. I am your host, as always, Jason Lopez. And I know I think I've said this the last two episodes, that I was going to be more diligent about recording uh, episodes and uh, just hasn't happened. I think we are all in quarantine funk right now uh, as this continues to drag on and on and on and on. Uh, I think we have gotten to the point where some of us are ready to be back out amongst one another. Um, Although thankfully in most cases in a smart way uh, as it relates to social distancing, whereas I like to refer to it, physical distancing, we can still be social um, and, and making sure to wear a face covering. I'm starting to see more and more of the face shield type coverings, um, even masks that have clear cutouts uh, around the nose and mouth so you can still recognize people. And uh, so that's been fun uh, to see, and uh, it's also been fun to see how the face coverings have become a uh, coordinated fashion statement uh, as well. I think we all have four or five or eight or ten different uh, masks that we can coordinate with our daily outfit uh, if you so choose. So kudos to those of you that have taken it upon yourselves to become a fashion mask fashionistas, if you will. Um, Today, I want to go in a little bit of a different direction. Of course, we always talk real estate. Uh, We often talk technology. And uh, today, we're going to do that. But I also want to talk a little bit uh, about sports, as we've seen a bounce back now in uh, the NBA and Major League Baseball. Uh, The NFL is gearing up. Hockey is going full bore north of the border in Canada uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Many of you may be getting ready for your fantasy football leagues um, with a little bit of trepidation uh, because we just don't know how that is going to play out. And I wanna talk about a book that I just recently read that uh, may or may not interest you. That's okay, it's my show and I'll talk about whatever comes up, whatever crosses my mind, whatever I feel um, is worthwhile. Um, And I also wanna give a shout out to my buddies in what has finally become known as the ECAC or the East County Advisory Council, which is just a code name for our Friday cigar group. So we're gonna cover a whole bunch of different topics today. I'm just gonna kind of cruise through it because uh, what else have I got to do? And I appreciate you as always tuning in um, and uh, listening. Uh, feel free to make comments. Uh, you can do that here on, uh, on the podcast, which of course now you can find everywhere. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, all my social media channels. Uh, feel free to share if you feel inclined. Um, I don't do this to make money. Or anything like that. I do it because it's informational, maybe educational, and hopefully a little bit of fun for you while you're uh, riding your Peloton or out for a walk or just bored out of your mind. I was talking yesterday with somebody about um, TV watching during quarantine, and I saw a meme, you know, maybe three or four weeks into quarantine, where it was a picture of a guy passed out on a couch. And the caption said, "You know, three weeks ago, this guy would be considered lazy. Now he's a hero. So what are you watching? What are you guys binging? Um, I've got a couple of recommendations. I'll throw out there really quickly as my wife hates the fact that I do tend to watch a little bit too much TV. But on Netflix, um, we together, my wife and I, we have a few shows we watch together, but we are making our way through the second season of Dead to Me with Christina Christina Applegate. It's a fantastic show, Um, very witty, very well written, uh, very well acted, it's got a great cast. uh, That is dead to me, that's a good one. I finally, after my son Cooper convinced me that it was uh, worth it if you powered through the first episode, uh, which I did, and kind of got hooked on The Witcher. The Witcher, that is with Henry Cavell who plays Superman in the movies. Um, and actually is pretty good, kind of a medieval, I don't know, Lord of the Rings kind of a deal, if you will. Um, but that, that's been pretty good. Um, and then, of course, occupying a lot of my time right now has been my beloved San Diego Padres, who are halfway through the shortened 60-game season with an 18-12 and 12 record um, after losing five in a row on a 17-12. Day consecutive game streak. They finally had a day off yesterday. Um, They lost five in a row in the middle of that streak, but they have now won seven in a row uh, to get to the halfway point, 30 games in with an 18 and 12 record, six games over 500, and I believe four games behind the Dodgers. But the top two teams from each division will make the playoffs in addition to uh, another two teams from the league. So we'll see how that shapes up. Of course, there's been a lot of issues with uh, baseball. A lot of changes this year with some rules. Designated hitter in the National League. It's been fun to see uh, some of the guys that normally play every day to get a day off from playing in the field and uh, in DH. Um, Putting the runner on second base if it goes into extra innings has proven to be pretty exciting, although I don't think everybody's a fan of it. Um, it does create a lot of opportunity for more scoring. And, uh, of course, the Padres have been taking advantage of that. They've had a couple of extra inning games. But the big news with them is that they've made it to the halfway point. No COVID issues. They have had some injury issues. And, of course, they are now known as the Slam Diego Padres after hitting four grand slams in four consecutive games. First time in history that's ever happened. Uh, Two games later, they hit a fifth grand slams. So five grand slams in six games by five different players. So it's been fun. Um, Obviously there are some other things going on with some of the teams. Um, There are many teams that haven't gotten to the halfway point yet because they have had COVID issues and games canceled. Uh, They are making those games up through double hitters. The double headers are only seven games per game, seven innings per game instead of the normal nine innings. Uh, So that's been pretty interesting to see that happen as well, but a lot of going on, a lot's going on with baseball. NFL training camps, of course, are opened up. Uh, the Chargers and Rams on hard knocks. Um, not really following it, to be honest with you. We are doing fantasy football. This will be our ninth or tenth season with, a, a pretty, uh, uh, with the same group of guys for the most part. Um, it's been a few years since I won the title, so I'm looking to bounce back. I do have the second overall pick. But who knows, right, what's going to happen. We're all going to pony up our money, see how it goes. We may have weeks where the entire team is... Uh, not able to play because of COVID. <laughs> so we'll see how it shakes out. It should be pretty interesting, but yeah, it should be fun. Um, so, uh, so there you go. NBA playoffs in full swing. Uh, Lakers are looking pretty good. Clippers struggling a little bit who do you got? Who do you like? Who's your team? Are they still playing? Um, Is it going to be an upset season or one of the top dogs going to end up bringing it home as they continue to play playoff games down in Orlando in the bubble? Interesting times for sports. No fans, um, piped in music, cardboard cutouts or uh, teddy bears filling the stands. Uh, but it is nice to see some sports on TV. Golf has been back in action. And, um, and so at least it is a way to pass the time if you're into that sort of thing and want to stay hunkered down in home uh, where it's safe. And uh, you can just kind of kick back, have a few pops, and uh, enjoy yourself and uh, root for your home team. So there's the sports update on getting real with Jason Lopez today. Um, Let's talk a little bit about what's happening in the real estate market. It is really unbelievable. And I used to use that when people would ask me, how's the market? Um, I would always say it's unbelievable. And then I would change my inflection a little bit depending on what the market was doing. So as an example, uh, if somebody asked, hey Jason, how is the real estate market? Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. Meaning it's really good, things are popping. You should get in while you can. Or hey Jason, how's the real estate market? Oh man, oh my goodness, it's 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 really unbelievable right now. <laughs> I Meaning it's uh, it's not happening right now, right? So, um, but it is it is it is a very interesting thing going on. Considering we're in the midst of a pandemic, considering a lot of people are out of work, uh, considering unemployment is still hovering around a million new uh, unemployment claims every week um, or every month or whatever it is. Um, to see the, that the real estate market is humming along. Um, in San Diego, where I'm located, we just posted the highest median priced um, uh, median price point uh, in history. Um, it's been steadily climbing since we came out of the recession back in uh, 2009, 2010. Um, we are seeing fewer home sales certainly happen. Um, And that is mainly due to the low, 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 historically low levels of inventory, meaning there are just that many homes for sale. Um, When we look at the numbers, uh, we see uh, buyer activity very high, um, driven by the historically low interest rates. Um, You know, if I was a carnival barker hawking interest rates and loans, I would be standing on the street corner shouting, come on in. Um, get yourself a two and a half percent, 30 year fixed mortgage, you know, I'd be opening up that raincoat and asking, hey buddy, you wanna buy a mortgage? (laughs) Because interest rates are super, super low. Um, So when you've got this pent up demand from buyers, uh, there is a lot of buyer activity happening. Now, the flip side of that is a lot of frustration comes along with uh, what our current situation is. You've got 10 or 15 or 20 buyers competing for every home. Uh, So homes are flying off the shelf, as they say. Uh, Market times are are reduced. Um, And I think, again, the, the low interest rates are driving a lot of that. But I also think that the pandemic is playing a factor here. I think there are a lot of people who may have been in the process of getting ready to buy a home and temporarily put things on hold to see what was going to happen. But they realized their jobs were secure. They already had their down payment money saved up. And then the interest rates dropped. So they jumped into the market. The frustration comes with, again, the competition, the fact that you may uh, more often than not be competing with other buyers for that home, meaning there's multiple offers, meaning buyers are going to have to do things that normally we wouldn't recommend. They do things like writing above list price, things like no loan or appraisal contingencies, Uh, written in. These are protectionary clauses that if something happens, the buyer can get their down payment back, or I'm sorry, their deposit back. Um, So they're removing some of those protections to make their offer stand out and make it stronger, make it easier for the seller to say yes to. So it's a very interesting time. We are seeing um, a lot of homes go under contract um, every month, but we are not building the inventory levels that we normally would see because again, they're selling homes are selling uh, just as quickly as they're coming onto the market. So that's what's going on with the buyers. On the seller side, if you have any thoughts um, of moving, now is probably the best time as a seller. Uh, I never say it's the top of the market or the bottom of the market, but with our average and median price points being what they are, historically high, if you are a seller, and you want to take advantage of the market and capitalize on your equity, now is the time to do it. Get with an agent if you need help. If you're in a market outside of San Diego or Southern California, let me know. I've got contacts all over the country. I would be happy to connect you with a top-notch agent in your local market who will take great care of you. Um, Over 30 years, I have uh, developed and nurtured a great network Uh, of real estate agents, lenders, um, and other folks uh, that are in the business. I'm happy uh, to connect you with somebody. Now, here's the challenge as a seller that you might uh, wanna really think about. If you sell and you capitalize on taking that equity and getting top dollar, where are you going to go? Again, once you sell and you become a buyer, you will be dealing with some of those frustrations I mentioned earlier on the buyer side. Now, there are a few sweet spots in the market right now in many uh, local areas. Um, If you're moving down, as an example, so you're gonna sell the family home, you're an empty nester, the kids are gone, and maybe you wanna move into a condo downtown, there's probably gonna be more inventory to choose from and less competition. Um, If you're moving up, um, it just depends on what price point you're going into. But consider thinking about that because um, those buyer frustrations will be part of that challenge. But again, one that a great agent can help you navigate. Um, And I want to talk about agents and how they work in a market like this. I've seen in my almost 30 years of of being in real estate, two types of agents. Uh, The first type, which probably covers about 80%, 85% of the agents, are agents who rely on the market to dictate how successful they are in helping their clients. Uh, I kind of look at it like they are corks on the water, right? If you think about a cork just floating out in the ocean, it is beholden to the tide, right? It is beholden to the wind and the current. It just goes where the ocean takes it. It doesn't have any control over that. Well, in a good market or in a market that is improving, there's also an old saying that says, a rising tide lifts all boats. So if an agent is strictly relying on the market conditions for them to be successful, I'm going to tell you that is the type of agent you want to avoid. They are identified typically by the fact that they come in and out of the business. When the market isn't so good, they go back to whatever they were doing before, um, driving Uber, selling cars, whatever the case may be. And there are lots of lots of other professions. Maybe they are accountants or uh, they work in some other business capacity. And They dust out real estate license off and jump back in when the market gets better. That is not the type of agent you want to work with. The way things work now, and especially with COVID protocols in place, you need a full-time professional who not only understands the market, but also understands how to navigate that market and make sure your interests are looked out for. So think about that. You can ask questions about their level of experience. How long have they been in the business? Um, have they are they working another job or are they in real estate full time? How many homes have they sold? Do they represent buyers or sellers? Um, things like that are great questions to help figure out if they're one of those 80 or 85 percent who are um, just relying on the market to help them. I always like to say when the market gets good, um, those types of agents I call them order takers, and it's kind of like hey, you want fries with that house, right? It's just it's just going to happen. Now, when we're in a market like we are now, which is good for sellers and can be good for buyers um, but the activity levels are down and the inventory is down the second type of agent are the agents who make their market right these are the type of people that are out there grinding and out every day they're studying the market they're making connections with their network Um, they're they're making their calls they're uh, understanding why one home sells versus another in certain neighborhoods and when they have a buyer looking in an area with low or no inventory They are out there trying to drum up a listing, trying to find that house for the buyer. They do not rely on the market conditions to dictate their future or what their clients are going to end up with. They go out and make their market. That's who you want to work with, somebody who's going to get out there and make things happen. Um, The other thing I like to mention is we like to think of real estate in terms of it being a transactional uh, relationship, a transactional opportunity. And it's not. It's a relational uh, endeavor. Um, the transaction happens to be a part of that relationship, but real estate is a relational endeavor. And so the top agents are experts, top experts at understanding people, at recognizing problems and having solutions. They're agents that will hold the deal together when it gets a little squirrely and they all get squirrely right? Um, uh, The top agents can read people, they can understand what their wants and needs and desires are, and they can keep them focused on making that happen. They can navigate the many, many pitfalls uh, that come up during a transaction. And hey, they're not always their favorite people or their clients because they're the type of people that are going to give it to their clients straight. They're going to be honest and forthright. They're not going to blow smoke up their backside or tell them what they want to hear or try to buy your listing or try to Uh, send you to a lender who may not be able to do the job. These people are straight shooters, they're sharp, they're honest, they're ethical, and they will do right by you. So you wanna go out and work with and find a market maker to help you. And again, if you want that type of an agent, reach out. I've got a bunch that work for me. And if it's in an area where people don't work for me, I know people who can help you and I'm happy to make that connection for you. So there's your real estate update. Um, I'll do a full market update on my next episode um, when the uh, August numbers come out, Um, but we will continue to see people wanting to move, especially those folks who are maybe first-time buyers or move-up buyers that have been living in condos who want to have a house with a little yard. So as they continue to quarantine, they have a little more elbow room, right? They need a little space for the dog or the kid's getting a little bigger and older and uh, they're walking around or running around now and they want to have a little space. And we're seeing a lot of those types of buyers, a lot of people that were living in, in uh, urban uh, environments that are now running to the suburbs because they don't have to have a short commute time. They can work remotely now. So as long as they've got a, a nice uh, space in the house um, and a good inter- a good Internet connection, um, a lot of companies are letting people continue to uh, work remotely. And that's going to be a trend. I think that's going to continue uh, for me and for us here at Real Broker. It hasn't changed at all because we are a virtual Um, company, we do not have traditional office space. Our agents work from home, they work on the road, they have the technology. So this hasn't really changed anything for us. Um, in any great way, shape, or form. There are a lot of COVID protocols, as I mentioned, in place in terms of how we uh, enter properties and transact business and show properties. Can't do open houses in a traditional manner. So there are things like that. And again, those market makers are gonna be up to date with what needs to happen, okay? So uh, there you go on uh, on the real estate update. We've done the sports update. I wanted to wrap this up, I guess, with a um, a book recommendation. Uh, for those of you that uh, know me, and I think most of the people that listen know me on some personal level, because uh, why else would you listen if you didn't know me, right? Um, but when we first started lockdown, um, some of you got to see my, uh, my uh, very mediocre DJ skills or DJing skills, I guess, if you want, uh, where I was hopping on Facebook Live and Zoom, and doing, um, uh, I called it the uh, the, the uh, Lockdown America Record Jam. And uh, as a vinyl record junkie, and somebody that owns uh, thousands of records, um, I jumped on and, and had a lot of fun playing some of those records and sharing some stories. Now I grew up in the 70s and 80s as a punk rock kid here in Southern California, skateboarding and surfing and running the streets um, and going to going to a lot of punk rock gigs. And uh, so my collection of records is made up of a lot of punk rock, but punk rock encompasses a lot. Um, There's a huge difference between a band like Minor Threat and a band like The Clash, as an example. Uh, So it covers the gamut, um, but I also am a big fan of uh, 50s rock and roll and what I like to call Americana music. Um, RIP, by the way, to uh, Justin Towns Earl, who just passed away, a great singer-songwriter, American Roots music Guy and also um, a big RIP to the guitarist in uh, Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers, Walter Lerr, who just passed away as well. Got to see Walter do a um, kind of an all-star concert tour at the Belly Up Theater in San Diego a couple of years ago where they played the entire um, Heartbreakers record, L-A-M-F, which is an acronym for like a mother effer, if you know what I mean. Um, On that particular show, it was Walter It was Glenn Matlock, who is the bassist in the Sex Pistols. It was Clem Burke on drums, who is the drummer in Blondie. And it was Mike Ness playing guitar and singing, uh, of course, from Social Distortion. It was a great opportunity, but we lost a couple of good ones uh, this week um so uh, it was a bummer but anyway um yeah i got a lot of feedback even just recently i ran into somebody i think uh over the weekend who said man are you gonna do your record jam again i miss seeing you on there and actually had a couple of friends that started doing their own as well um but one of the bands you would have seen me play um one of my probably top five bands of all time um and i know a lot of people know them, but you may not know them. Um, on a deep level like I do, and that's that's the band Bad Religion. Um, Bad Religion started out in uh, with their first release back in 1980 out of Los Angeles, the San Fernando Valley to be uh, uh, specific. Um, and they've just had a great long time career. I've probably seen them, play, well I know I've seen them play live over a hundred times. Uh, the first several times at backyard parties or warehouse parties uh, back in the early and mid eighties when they were just starting out. Um, But uh, they just recently uh, recently released, recently released, a book uh, came out last week. The book is titled uh, Do What You Want, uh, The Story of Bad Religion. Of course, Do What You Want is taken from the title of one of their songs on their epic Suffer record that came out in 1988. Suffer was really, I think a lot of people would agree, including myself, the record that kind of re-jumped started uh, punk rock. Um, It had been kind of stagnant. Um, they had put out a horrible record, <laughs> and then they came back with uh, with Suffer. And if it wasn't for Suffer, we wouldn't have had the Offspring record. Um, we wouldn't have had the Rancid records, the NoFX records, the Pennyri- Pennywise records, the Green Day records. I mean, it really jump-started and revitalized punk rock uh, going forward. But the reason I wanted to mention this book is because... Um, even if you're not a fan of punk rock or bad religion, there's some interesting insight in the book in terms of how a band comes together, how they mature, how they survive uh, member and lineup changes. Um, how they deal with their one of the founding members, the guitar player and one of the main songwriters, Brett Gerwitz, also being the founder and owner of Epitaph Records, which was the first independent record label to really have a smash hit. No pun intended, it was the Offsprings record called Smash which you're probably familiar with because that was the record that had Keep Them Separated, um, uh, Self Esteem. I mean, it was just a huge record. And um, and so how he had to leave the band to focus on running Epitaph, how they recruited when he left um, another punk rock guitar icon in Brian Baker, who had been in, in Minor Threat and a few other bands along the way. Um, but it's just a great story about Uh, People coming together with a common goal, grinding it out, putting in the time, putting in the work, Um, obviously lots of stories. I knew a lot of the stories just being a fan of the band, but how certain band members came into the band, what they had done beforehand. Um, So there's my book recommendation for everybody if you're interested in that kind of thing. Do what you want the story of bad religion. You can find it on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Um, I believe there's even an audio version and I know it is also available in several languages. So there you go. Do what you want, the story of bad religion. All right. I think that will do it for me today. I appreciate everybody tuning in as always. Um, And again, if you have questions about real estate, what's happening, um, or you need to talk to somebody about a specific issue or situation that you're dealing with, uh, reach out, man. You can always ping me right here through the podcast. You can always uh, find me on social. You can always email me, uh, Jason Lopez, 619 at gmail.com. And until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and be well.